Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. I think our church is pretty generous. I think we're known to be pretty generous, which I love. Um, but it was interesting. I was out with some pastors a few months ago, and we were just chatting away, and I don't even know how the topic came up, but we started talking about guest preachers. And I was thinking, yeah, do you know what? At Encounter, we're pretty generous. Like, we get a set amount that we're meant to give to preachers from the Uniting Church, and we give um, above that for guest preachers because we believe and honor what they work they do and the time they put into their message and seeking the Lord. And um, so we're standing there talking with these pastors and this other guy, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't actually say what we gave, but he said, oh yeah, we give like this amount. And um, it was more than what we give. And I was like, wow, that's, that's generous. And this other guy's like, yeah, we give this amount. And it was like double what he gave, right? And I was like, oh, maybe we're not generous. And you know what, it was really interesting in that moment. God's like, it's not that you're not generous, but we can always be more generous. We can always be more generous in everything that we do. We've actually, um, this year, just upped it again, what we give um, to preachers, because we, um, not so much Mike and I, because we work here, of course, but guest preachers that come in, um, because we want to be a generous church, and we want to be part of that, to be part of who we are. And I think as a church, you guys are really generous. I have noticed over the years when we've had guests come in and we've done fundraising things and we've um, brought in compassion and all of that kind of thing, you guys have been super generous. And so I just want to honor you in that as I come to speak on generosity. I just want to affirm you in that. Um, but I do believe that God calls us to be more generous. Um, one of the things I want us to focus in on today is how we can bring glory to God through our life through generosity. I don't think that's the normal. I don't think people walk around going, how do I be more generous? I don't think that's what normal people outside of the church in particular necessarily think about. And so I think it's actually that maybe we're not quite where God wants us to be with generosity. Even though we're very generous, maybe we're not quite where God wants us to be. But can I encourage you? Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly, heavenward in Christ Jesus. So can I just encourage you that even if you're at the start of this journey, of this faith journey, or even if you're at the start of this journey of being generous, that we are all on a journey. We are on a journey with Christ and He calls us forward. So today I wanna to talk about three different ways we can be generous. So we're gonna look at our time, talent, and our treasure. So we'll start with our time. We all have 24 usable hours in every day. For those who are born in the 80s, you understand where that movie reference come from. We all have the same amount of time. You, all have, you have the same 24 hours as I have. You have the same, exact same 24 hours. There is no difference. And we have a choice in those 24 hours how we use our time the choices that we make within those 24 hours. Ephesians 5.16 says, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Now, we're gonna talk a little bit about Paul today um, because 
I think a lot of Paul's life, um, he lives this stuff out, and a lot of what he speaks, speaks into um, to being generous and to living a godly life that he's calling us to. Paul knew that life could end in any second. So when he writes this, make the most of your time, use it wisely. He's saying that out of an understanding that we are not promised tomorrow. Scripture says we are not promised tomorrow, we are simply promised today. Paul went through shipwrecked, he was in prison, he got bitten by a snake, which freaks me out, but he didn't die because God was with him. So he knew that our lives weren't going to be around forever. And so I want, to, I want to encourage you today that your time is precious. And we as a generation, I feel, are wasting our time. We are wasting so much of our time. Things, we are, we are being, our energy is being zapped by these time-wasting things. We are wasting our time away with things like TikTok and Instagram and Netflix. And, and we're, you know, we're on those, those social medias, those things, because we're tired, right? And we want to zone out and we just want to watch some Netflix. And while I totally get that, what it's actually doing, I think, is actually creating a generation of people who are lazy and who actually, I know that sounds horrible, because I'm totally in that though, guys. Like I'm totally speaking to myself here as well. But I think that's what it's created. It's created a generation of people who are actually lazy. And I dare to say it because I know that the next generation is not quite that. But my generation and the generations below us, I think it's creating that. And, that's, and that worries me somewhat. Because I actually think every single hour of your 24 hours you have is vital. Even the eight hours that you're meant to sleep, also vital. So I want to encourage you, spend your time on something worth dying for, okay? Spend your time on something worth dying for. And what is the one thing that is worth dying for? Jesus. Jesus is the one thing that is worth dying for, friends. And so when we talk about being generous with our time, what I want us to do is talk about how do we bring God the glory with our 24 hours, we all have the same 24 hours and we will all use it differently. But how, with our time, do we be uber generous in things that glorify the Lord? I want to say to you that part of using your time wisely is making time. So we all have the same time, right? but we need to make time for the things that matter. We need to make time for the things that bring God glory, all right, rather than the things that don't. And if we can get that right, if we can get that balance right of, of putting your time into the things that bring God glory, I can tell you, it will fulfill you. You will not feel that, late, that sense of exhaustion and laziness. And it's not that, you know, I'm not tired sometimes when I'm serving the Lord, but there's a different level of peace that I have than when I just waste my time on something that is useless. It's a different level of peace and joy and hope that I have. So can I encourage you? Spend your time on something that is worth dying for. And to make time, to make time in your weeks, you have to give up the idea that you're called to do everything. You're not. You're not called to do everything. You're not. You're called to do some things for the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, find those things that God is calling you to do, and we'll talk about talents in a moment, and do those things, because you are not called to everything, but you are called to something. And so I want to move on to talent, just quickly, because we might all have the same 24 hours, but we certainly do not have the same talents. I said to Thomas, I was like, do not turn on my mic when I am singing. 
because I don't have the same talents that Alex has or Haley has. I don't have those talents, they're beautiful. I don't have the talents to make a coffee like Tash makes a coffee. I don't have the talents to run a sound desk like Jacob runs a sound desk. I don't have the talents to have a man bun like Tom has a man bun, like I don't think anyone does. And that's actually okay because we are given different gifts and talents. So I wanna open up the scriptures and you're gonna have to listen to me because it's not gonna be on the screen. I wanna read from 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but for all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one, the spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted to be. If there were all one part, where would the body be? You have a gift, my friends. You have a gift, a gift that God has given you, a really important gift, and you need to use it. The, the, what the scripture is saying is that we all have different gifts. We are part of the one body of Christ, which is a joy and a huge blessing, but we are given different gifts to use. And God needs you to use your gift. I felt as I was putting this message together that God was saying, there are some of you in this room who do not use your gifts for God's glory. And what he is saying to you today is he wants you to use the gifts that he, he has given you for his glory. You know, I think some of us don't use our gifts because we're afraid we're not good enough yet. We're afraid we don't know enough or we're not prepared enough or we, you know, all of those kind of jazz. But let me tell you that nowhere in the scripture does it say that the eye was perfect. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that the hand knew how to hold on to something. Nowhere in the scripture did it say where the feet knew where they were going. But they were still just as important. So I really wanna encourage you you are the body of Christ, and you are called to use your gift and talents to be generous. You are called to use it for God's glory. And so I encourage you, whatever your gift and your talent is, use it, and use it for the glory of God, not when you're perfect, now. So I want us to be generous with our talents. And many of you already are. Many of you use them here on a Sunday, and that's amazing. I'm so grateful for Eli and, and working on the camera there today. I'm so grateful for Jordan, by the way, who worked till midnight on the election, got called in to drum only yesterday, and then asked, what time can I get here? How early can I get here to play drums? Some of you use your gifts and your talents, and I'm so grateful for that. But one of the things we want to do is we want to ask you to use your gifts and talents for the glory of God for the glory of God outside of these walls. What is it that you can do in your workplace on a Monday? What is it that you can do when you're at a gig, Sam? What is it that you can do in your uni degree? What is it the one thing that you can do that you can use to glorify God with your talent? 
How can you be that extra step of generous with your talent? How can you use it for more than just yourself? One of the things I notice with people's talents is they're really willing to give and to do their talent until they don't get back what they expected to get. So they're willing to serve in the church or they're willing to do something in their job, but if they don't get promoted in the way they feel they deserve to be promoted, they suddenly go, no, do you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. That doesn't suit me. Well, that's not how God God works. That's not how he wants us to live. He actually wants us to live for his glory. So we work for his glory. We serve for his glory. That's why we do it. Not because it gets us up, not because it does anything for us in many ways. It's just so that his name can be glorified in this world. Come on. You know, I think it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's interesting that... um, People under the age of 30, in particular, desperately want to be the best at what they do. And I am here to tell you right now that if you're under the age of 30, that is awesome, but you're not going to be the best at what you do. You're just not. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're all amazing and you're great, but you're probably not the best at what you do, right? There's probably someone in this world that is better than you. And people over the age of 30, you've had much more practice, and yet you're still not the best, are you? I know, right? I'm 37 now, so I'm in that camp, and that's fine. And that is okay. That is absolutely okay, but it doesn't give you an excuse not to live out your talent for the glory of God. So uh, my encouragement to you is don't wait till you're the best. Don't wait till you've got it all together. Give it a go. When I started this, when we started this church, me and a bunch of other people, not just me, definitely, um, when we started this church, Mike said, oh, you need to be doing things up the front. And I said, all right, not quite ready to preach. Um, he said, but do some notices. And um, I was like, all right. So I got up and I did notices. And guys, I sucked. I was really bad. Like I came down and I was like, oh, I forgot. I had things written on my phone and I still forgot to say them. I would get up here and I would be out of breath because I'd be jumping around, which still happens actually. That hasn't changed. And I would forget stuff and I wasn't any good. And honestly, if I hadn't have been the lead pastor of this church, I think Mike would have probably gone, I reckon we'll find something else where you've got a talent. You know, you can probably just do this over here. But I was and I needed, and I needed to do this. It was something that God was actually calling me to. So do you know what I did? I got back up and I did it again the next week and I did it the next week and I did it the next week and I did it the next week until I got to a point where I actually loved it. I actually enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And I don't, you know, I'm not, well, I still forget stuff sometimes, but I'm not as bad. I hope. Anyway, um, and so I just want to encourage you. If you fail at something, if God's given you a talent or a gift that you want to pursue and you fail at it, get back up and do it again. Okay. And Monday, when you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your university, what is the talent that God has given you that you can use for his glory? You know, I'm, um, I serve here on a Tuesday um, fortnightly and we have a thing called Stevo's and it's a ministry where we um, serve food to the homeless um, and bless them. And we also have uh, a, an organ, well, a thing called ERA, Emergency Food Relief. And so we give food packages away um, to those in need. Anyway, I work in the ERA, and it's, I, I love it. So I just sit at the back, kind of where Jacob is, and I, I hand out packages of food to people who need it and sign off their names. It's not hard work. It's not out of my comfort zone. It's not pushing me. It's pretty easy, and I, you know, I do it because there's a need. But it's actually not my skill. It's actually not my talent. My talent is sitting around the table in Stevo's actually talking with people and getting to know their stories and getting to know who they are and telling them about Jesus. That's my gift and that's my talent. 
but I need to work in the ERA because there is not enough volunteers for me to be out on the floor. So let me tell you, if you don't use your gift and talent, somebody else might not be able to use theirs. So if God has given you a gift and a talent and a calling to do something, can I encourage you to step into it? Do not wait a long time, step straight into it because God might need to use somebody else in some other area. I am so grateful that we have Nathaniel to step into those areas that I am no good at, but I've been doing for the last four years because it needed to get done. And thank the Lord there is someone who's much better at it than me now. It is so good. Friends, God has given you a gift and a talent and he wants you to start bringing him glory. And I just wanna encourage you, if you're doing something and it's not bringing God glory, Stop it. Stop it right now. Find that thing that you can bring God glory in and do that. And I want to move on to quickly to treasure. So time, talent, and treasure. We can give God the glory in all of these three areas. Treasure. Now, I don't know if you know this, but money is talked about over 2,300 times in the Bible. 2,300 times. Now, this is a rather large book with lots of words in it, so let me put that into context for you. Prayer is spoken about 500 times. So finance, money, and things like that is spoken 2,300 times. Why? Why? I think because God knows how much money has a hold on our lives. I think God knows that money is the thing that ties us and holds us back from a deeper relationship with Him. I honestly think that if more and more people were to lay down their finances before God, they would find a freedom that they've never experienced in your life. And that's not in my notes, but I just feel like the Lord is saying that. Matthew 6:19 says this, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, but where thieves break in and steal." But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So to be generous with our treasure means we need to love the things of heaven more than we love the things of earth. We need to love the things of heaven more than we love the things of earth. Can you say that in your life? I love the things of heaven more than I love the things of earth. Brian Evan said this, heavenly treasure is something we do on earth that has eternal effects. I am laying up treasures in heaven when I'm growing in godliness. I'm laying up treasures in heaven when I teach my children the scriptures, when I share the gospel with someone, when my faith is challenged and I grow when I give, when I pray, when I worship, when I grow in the grace and knowledge of my Lord, and when I serve Him by serving those in my church or in my job. All these things are earthly activities with, with eternal effects. This is how you lay up treasures in heaven. When you forego a coffee so you can buy something for the food bank here, you're storing up treasures in heaven. You know, I'm actually challenged more and more by this scripture and by this understanding as I get older. I'm not sure if that's because um, as you get older, you've got more jobs you know, um, that you're doing and you've got more income. Or maybe it's because this world has become consumer mindset. We've become a consumers as a, and that's our mindset. Either way, it's harder to not store up treasures on earth 
and to use my wealth for God's glory. But being generous with your treasure is going to look different for each of us. Some of us are blessed with full-time jobs, and that's amazing, and some of us aren't, and that's okay. But we're called to be generous with whatever God gives us, whether that be our time, talents, or our treasures. I just want to honour um, this week, I, heard, I was talking to somebody, and they said that, Flick, you walked over in the rain to someone's house to bring some food this week. And I just want to honour that that is what it looks like to use your time, talent, and treasures for the glory of God. You use what is in your hand for the glory of God. Deuteronomy 16, 17 says, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessings of the Lord your God has given to you. When I was younger, I used to pray over everything, like everything I bought, Steph, you would laugh. Honestly, I would, and Mike was like, Jen, God has given you a brain and some wisdom. You can just actually buy something if you want to, and if it's not, you know. And I was like, yes, but I just want to pray over it. I just want to make sure that it's from God. And, I, you know, he's right, but what I was doing by praying over everything, almost every single thing that I bought, was I was putting God in the rightful place, above any of my stuff and above any of the thoughts of things that I thought I might need to buy. Because the truth is, if we want to honour God with our treasures, He has to be so far above our money. He has to be the first thing we think about before we think about what we're going to spend our money on. That's why when we talk about the first fruits, that's why when we talk about giving 10%, the first fruits, we say to do it first. Do it before you do anything else because it puts God in his rightful place. One time um, I was praying over some stuff and I went out and I was in Ikea. And I was, I was there to buy this kitchen. I looked on like a kid's toy kitchen, not a real big kitchen. And um, I got there, a new kitchen would have been nice. But I got there anyway, and I had um, done all my research and whatever else, and I was going in to buy this kitchen. And I bought all this other stuff I didn't need because it's Ikea, and that's what you do when you go to Ikea. And I'm walking, I pick up the kitchen, and I'm walking out to the cash register, and I just hear this stop, like so clearly. And so I just stopped. And then I just felt the Lord say, just check on Gumtree. And so I pull up Gumtree, and the first thing that pops up, because I've been searching for them, was this IKEA kitchen. It had been posted three minutes before this moment. Three minutes, my friends. It was crazy. And so I look at it, and I'm like, okay, this is a brand new IKEA kitchen, like IKEA kids' kitchen. Um, and I was like, all right, this is great. And so I messaged her, and I said, hey, is it still available? She's like, yeah, we put it up three minutes ago. Of course it's still available. And... <laughs> Anyway, I'm like, so where are you? And she's like, oh, I live here, wherever it was. And I was like, oh, cool, it's on my way home from Ikea. I was like, you cool if I pick it up now? She's like, yeah. So I go and I put the, um, the kitchen back. I don't put other stuff back because I probably needed it. Um, and, and I leave and I go to this lady's house and I'm, buying, I'm taking this kitchen off her and it's like 100 bucks cheaper than what I would have spent in Ikea. So it's not a massive amount of money, but it's, you know, it's something. We're starting a church, we've got nothing. Um, and, um, and she says, what are you buying? What are you buying it for? Have you got kids? I said, well, I do, but I'm actually not buying it for them. I'm buying it for my church. She said, oh, oh, what's your church? And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, let me tell you about my church. And so I was able to have this conversation with this woman about God and about our church and what we were doing. And she was so excited. And she wasn't a Christian lady, but she thought, oh, my gosh, can I give you some more stuff for your church? Can I give you all this other stuff I was going to sell on Gumtree? And I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. I don't know if we need it. But yes, that's amazing. I want to honor your generosity in this moment. Now, guys, I only saved $100 by, by getting this kitchen, right? And, and $100 in the scheme of setting up a whole church is not all that much. But it wasn't about the money. It was about that moment with that woman who needed to encounter Jesus. 
And that's what happens when we put God above our finances. That's what happens when we ask him about what we should spend and what we shouldn't spend. That's what happens when we honor God with our first fruits. So can I encourage you, put God above all things, above all your finances, above your budget, above the things that you need to do tomorrow, above the gifts and talents that he has given you, put him all above it. And now watch how he moves in your life. I reckon he spoke to me about that kitchen in Ikea because for the last three years I've been praying about everything. Everything. I probably prayed about that kitchen, but I don't remember. I think, friends, that today God wants us to remind, remind us, all of us, that we need to put God back in the center. That if we want to be generous with our lives, if we want to live a life that glorifies God, then we need to put him at the center. Now, it's all right. This isn't one of my kids. Um, I want to just encourage you with Acts 20.35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, We must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So can I encourage you with your treasure, give it away. Give it away. Find some way to bless the Lord and glorify the Lord by giving it away. You know, um, for years, Mike and I have been saying, God, how can we give more away? And you know what? We've never been without. God has always provided. He says in Scripture that he will provide your needs. He says he will clothe you as he clothes the flowers, as he feeds the birds, so he will you. And so can I encourage you, when you put God first in your finances, when you put God first in your time, with your talents, he will walk with you. He will give you what you need. Now, I don't say he'll give you what, he, what you want, but he will give you what you need. When we went through college, Mike and I had no money. It's just part of going through Bible college, I guess. But we never went. We never, <laughs> Taylor's laughing because she gets it. And the college we were in had this food bank, right? And so we were able to take food. So we never went hungry. I ate a lot of pasta, which might be why I have a gluten intolerance now. But we never went hungry because God always provided what we need. Being generous on a Monday with our treasure looks like going that extra mile to bless somebody. It looks like asking God, how can I find more money to give away? It looks like when you do your budget, you say to God, God, what do you want me to use my finance for? It doesn't bother me in the slightest that Mike and I don't own all the new things, all the flashy everything. It doesn't bother me that we don't have two iPads. Well, actually, we do have two iPads. One just doesn't work. The battery's dead. But it doesn't bother me we don't have those things. It would only bother me if we weren't able to give away the things that God has given us. It would bother me if we weren't able to bless those people in need. That's what matters. So can I encourage you? If you find yourself having a money problem, give it away. Give it away. If you find that money is controlling you, give it away and watch how God moves. Watch how he moves. I would love to see a church of people that when they do their budget every year, they go, God, how much can I give away? Not here's my 10%, but it's like, God, how much can I give away for you? How can I see your glory come on this earth by being generous?
We all have the same 24 hours. We all have different gifts and talents and treasures. How are you going to give God the glory with yours? How can you be generous on a Monday? Jesus wants us to use our time wisely to help people with our gifts and to give to those who are in need generously. We are called as Christians to be different. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.